1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on High FM, and my topic today is riding the wave. My friend Les sent me a message yesterday, and he said that his father had said, nothing is ever so serious that you can't find something to laugh about. And just on that note, I just want to mention Bev Price, who works here at the JNF. As I was walking into Chai FM, the floor where High FM is, I sprayed my hand with the antiseptic. The, my hands with the antiseptic So I heard her walking up behind me And she said hello And I said sorry I smell like antiseptic And she said well actually that's the new perfume of today And she says she thinks I should suggest That you send messages in Saying what we should call the new brand The new brand name <laughs> So there's the hu- On the humour note Now, last week, I had Peter Bailey on, and we were talking about valor and bravery. And I got many messages and from people that I I, uh, bumped into, people who sent messages, saying that they would like me to say a bit more about courage, about fear, and about how to handle children. Now, what I think we have to understand is that we are living in trying times. It's not, it's difficult times, very definitely. And Ma- Maria Dermot, who is a, a Dutch novelist, said, every time has its own evil, but a human being can still be good. And, you know, what, just as we judge what happened in the past, our, what, what we are going through now will definitely be judged too. And what we have let happen, how we are handling it, what we have neglected. And we need to know that we have to stand up, we have to be counted, we have to continue to be good, to be kind, to be empathetic, to connect with people, not to try and hide away from everything that's happening. Now, I wanted to tell you that uh, today on CNN, somebody mentioned that parents are the children's emotional lifeline. And I do believe that this is so true. We owe it to our children and grandchildren to teach them about resilience and courage. Children definitely emulate what parents, teachers, adults are modeling to them. You know, and and fear is is contagious, very definitely. So is courage. So we have to choose which we want to actually teach our children. Is it fear or is it courage? And uh, I will just give you an example. Of uh, uh, We had a domestic worker who worked for us for many, many years, a wonderful woman, but she had a terrible fear of lightning. She had been struck as a young child, and this fear never left her. And one day I came home in the middle of a lightning uh, storm, and as I went inside, I noticed everything was dark. All the curtains were drawn, and I found um, her and my daughter, uh, Caroline, sitting in the in the dark in the passage and shivering in fear. And... Um, I I realized then just how contagious fear could be. Up till then, my daughter didn't know to fear lightning like that, especially, I mean, especially being inside. But then I want to tell you about how my parents actually were unbelievable role models to me on what fear and courage are and how to actually overcome fear. Don, my brother, got polio, and we had just been vaccinated. It was many, many, many years ago, obviously. But he, he was immunocompromised at the time, and he was paralysed from the neck down. At that stage, there were no facilities where we lived uh, for infectious diseases at the hospital, so he had to be nursed at home. And our family were put into quarantine for months. Big signs were put on the doors saying, quarantine, no visitors allowed. This was a scary time um, our, My parents admitted their concern But at the same time They hid their own terror And their terror must have been great To actually see their son not being able to move But they gave me a, a, a role to play They told me that I had to take some responsibility here And a few times a day I used to go to my brother's window And show him... Uh, Comics pick, uh, Point out all the different pictures of the, uh, In this comic, on the comic books That was my role that I, So I felt that I was actually important and then my father, who spoke this incredible Queen's English, and it was always such a pleasure to hear his voice, he told me stories, and he told me stories about uh, Scottish folklore, about our Scottish ancestry. He was, he himself was Scots. And about our clan. My middle name is our clan. It's Binny. And this clan were warriors, they were vicious fighters, but they were loyal and courageous, and I loved the stories. He also read me poetry by by Robbie Burns, Sir Walter Scott, Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, Kipling, Keats, Shakespeare, um, Wordsworth. I loved it all, and um, to this day I actually read poetry to calm myself. Then the other thing that he encouraged me to do, and he did as well, was to write stories. We used to write short stories for each other, for my mom and for my brother. And these stories held humor, fear and courage. And there were times of sharing. Um, You know, we we would sit outside and he would tell me what the different clouds were. And when he used to, when he flew during World War uh, Two, how, what, the clouds meant to them We discussed birds People, friends and uh, the church members Dropped puzzles and cut out dolls And comics and food at our front doorstep And this it, it was a time of interconnection It really was And it was a gift of shared time I certainly do not remember it as a frightening time and this was because of my parents being such superb role models of what true courage is, of protecting my brother and I from their own nightmare. I must admit, lately, when I've watched the mass hysteria around the coronavirus, I hadn't thought much about my own, the, my parents' role in, in the courage, but I have lately really thought about it a lot. And when I mentioned it to my son, Norman, he said, you know, Mom, I, when I told him the story about my brother and polio, he said, you know, Mom, they lived through World War Two, so they had also had to face their own fears there. And this was very true because courage enables us to face our fears to walk forward despite the challenge it's certainly not the absence of fear and courageous people feel fear but it does not prevent them from living their lives
0: this is finding human with sue jackson only on 101.9 high fm
1: you are now going to be listening to a, a very short YouTube by Dr. Phil and Oprah and I rather like this one and that's why I chose it. It's called Taking the Monsters Out of the Dark. How do you deal with fear? Like I have lymphoma and like every two years it come back. How do you eliminate the fear and just live your life without the fear?
2: Well, you know, first off, fear is not all bad. Right. I mean, fear can be an alert mechanism for you that can tell you that you need to attend to something. And one of the things that is really important is, is how you play the what-if game. A lot of fear is the unknown and being out of control. And in that what-if game, we say, oh, my God, what if this happens? But we don't ever actually answer the question. Answer the question, because the truth is, if something bad happens, you will deal with it. We always do. We find a way to cope. We find a way to, to remain and, and hook up and, and deal with it. So answer the question and don't let monsters live in the dark. You know, turn the light on because what we imagine is the answer to the what if is not nearly as bad as the reality of the answer to what if. That's true. So you, you just can't live in the dark about it.
3: I know. That that was a life-changing moment for me. You all know I met Phil during my trial in Texas. And Phil, I would every night go through, what if they bring in? What if they have testimony from? What if? And he goes, and what if they do? Let's go through the process of what if they do. And then what am I going to say? And then how am I going to react? And that was really very helpful to me. That takes the monster out of the dark for you. Because if this happens, then I'm going to do this, 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 this that happens and part of knowing that it may come back every two years it controls the way you I would think you know treat your life now the way you treat people in your life it controls you know your decisions for health you know your choices about whether or not you're going to take better care of yourself or not
2: That's true. I'd say yes. don't you feel better now that we've answered the question and she'd say yeah but I need some pie <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is finding human with Sue Jackson only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and you've just been listening to Dr. Phil and Oprah about taking the monsters out of the dark. He ended by saying, give me a pie. I would say, give me a chocolate. But um, I just—I actually wanted to tell you a, a story about, a Cherokee story, actually, about two wolves. And it's a, a grandfather who tells his grandson uh, the story to try and teach him a very important lesson he tells his grandson that there is a battle going on inside each of us it's a battle between the two wolves that live within us he says my son the battle is between two wolves that live inside us all one is evil it is anger fear sorrow regret arrogance self-pity resentment uh, ego superiority The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thinks about it for a while, and he says to his grandfather, which wolf wins? And the grandfather replies, the one you feed. So this story actually teaches us That we do have a control in our destiny. We know destiny will play out as it's meant to play out. But we do still have control. And it's up to us to feed our courage because this is to feed our mind. The fear wolf, Dale Carnegie said, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out, get busy. Well, at the moment, we're not encouraged to go out, but we can certainly get busy with our children, with our grandchildren. If your grandchildren are allowed near you, my children are, are saying they can't at the moment, but I'll deal with that. But, um, you know, we can still, there's so much in our Day to day lives that we can do We're so fortunate to be Connected uh, through the social Networks now we deal With fear every single day And fear definitely tries To to control us To prevent us from fully living our Lives Um, you know what Fear also tells us so many Lies and it's that Voice in our head that says you can't Do this you can't do that You you are Inferior Uh, And you know um, The wolf who is courageous Is loving and generous And they want to create Good things in the world Good things for everyone And it tells us that greatness Is inside each of us And this greatness This courage fills us With uh, allowing us to be positive It empowers us to have Some self-belief Now the fear wolf resides in our minds, but the courage wolf resides in our hearts. And when our minds create these limiting thoughts and the doubts and the fears, this is the fear wolf at work. So what do we need? We need the courage wolf to fill our minds with strength, power and love. Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson said, Whatever you do, you need courage. Whatever course you decide upon, there is always someone to tell you that you are wrong. There are always difficulties arising that tempt you to believe your critics are right. Now, what do we do? We have to show ourselves that we have our own belief. Carl Jung says about the heart over that... um, The courage resides in our hearts He says your vision will become clear Only when you look into your heart Who looks outside dreams Who looks inside awakens So this is what we need to do We need to awaken to our own courage And our own resilience You know if we feed the courage wolf We don't have to hate it This hate is an emotion of fear so instead, encourage that fear wolf. Enc- encourage it by saying to it, come along with me. Become a courageous wolf. Come with me. Show it compassion. Show yourself compassion. Forgive yourself. Help others around you. Express your gratitude. There are so many great things that we can do. The, this The story of the two wolves really teaches us that we are all creators in our own lives. And what is the, our only freedom as human beings? What does Viktor Frankl say? The only freedom is the freedom to choose our attitude. And it's our attitude that is actually going to prepare us for whatever lies ahead. There are new things that um, people are talking about and uh, which I, uh, I agree with. Just hang on one moment. I'm just going to take a sip of water. you, Craig. He quickly turned off the, the mic for me. You know, there's what's called a pre-traumatic stress. Now, I was reading about this the other day because I think this is what's happening here. It's not post-traumatic stress because we haven't gone through the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic yet in our country. It has just begun. So it's pre-traumatic stress. It's what's called anticipatory anxiety. It's the fearing the the future. And in this pre-traumatic stress, feelings like fear, sadness, worry, disturbing thoughts, having trouble sleeping or staying asleep, despair, those are the thoughts that come in with this anticipatory anxiety. I'm going to get back to that shortly.
0: This is finding human with Sue Jackson only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson and I'm back on uh, on the mic and I would like to just say that you can SMS me on 34519 or you can Telegram me on 061-895-1019. We're now going to be listening to another short YouTube by Simon Sinek, and it's called Take Care of Others. I hope you enjoy it.
4: Take care of each other. The United States Navy SEALs are perhaps the most elite warriors in the world. And one of the SEALs was asked, who makes it through the selection process? Who is able to become a SEAL? And his answer was, I can't tell you the kind of person that becomes a seal. I can't tell you the kind of person that makes it through buds. But I can tell you the kind of people who don't become seals. He says the guys that show up with huge, bulging muscles covered in tattoos who want to prove to the world how tough they are, none of them make it through. He said, the preening leaders who like to delegate all their responsibility and never do anything themselves, none of them make it through. He said, the star college athletes who've never really been tested to the core of their being, none of them make it through. He says, some of the guys that make it through are skinny and scrawny. He said, some of the guys that make it through, you will see them shivering out of fear. He says, however all the guys that make it through, when they find themselves physically spent, emotionally spent, when they have nothing left to give physically or emotionally, somehow, some way, they are able to find the energy to dig down deep inside themselves, to find the energy to help the guy next to them. They become seals, he said. You want to be an elite warrior, it's not about how tough you are, it's not about how smart you are, it's not about how fast you are. If you want to be an elite warrior, you better get really, really good at helping the person to the left of you and helping the person to the right of you. Because that's how people advance in the world. The world is too dangerous and the world is too difficult for you to think that you can do these things alone. If you find your spark, I commend you. Now who are you going to ask for help and when are you going to accept help when it's offered? Learn that skill. Learn by practicing helping each other. It'll be the single most valuable thing you ever learn in your entire life. To accept help when it's offered and to ask for it when you know that you can't do it. The amazing thing is when you learn to ask for help, you'll discover that there are people all around you who've always wanted to help you. They just didn't think you needed it because you kept pretending that you had everything under control. And the minute you say, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm stuck. I'm scared. I don't think I can do this. You will find that lots of people who love you will rush in and take care of you. But that'll only happen if you learn to take care of them first.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, that was Simon Sinek, and it's so true, as he says, we have a choice to care for one another, to admit our fears, but still go on caring for one another. And, you know, we always have a choice of, our, of action in the face of, of most circumstances. Um, I was talking about pre-traumatic stress, which is the anticipatory anxiety, and fearing the future. The future is certainly uncertain. And we, and we are inclined to anticipate something that may or may not occur in the future. But, you know, have we ever in our lives been able to predict the future? We really haven't. But, and if you've listened to the news lately, it's, it's, it sounds as though the world is collapsing and where are we all going to be safe? It's called catastrophizing. I learned that word the other day and I love it. Now, there is definitely mass hysteria going on and we are feeding this fear We're feeding this wolf, this fear wolf we are feeding, this mass hysteria. We each have to take responsibility to change our reaction, how we respond. That's what our our job is right now. That's what this time is actually asking of us. So fear will certainly not change the future from unfolding. It will still unfold, but mass hysteria is a chain reaction, and it goes on and on. And I heard this in the different supermarkets. I've heard it in the queues as I've stood there. People, one person will start to talk, and even strangers will get into the conversation, and eventually everyone is talking about how dreadful the world is today. Now, this pre-traumatic stress also means that we're always on high alert. It affects the quality of life and health. It's the freeze or flight reaction. So we either freeze or we run from it. It's exacerbated by the feeling of powerlessness. And right now we do feel a bit powerless. But it's And it's good to be prepared, but not to be hysterical about it. You know, if we use the same energy... Uh, that we are using of in on fear and anxiety, we use this energy that is making us feel scared, terrified, vulnerable, and we turn it into a constructive action. Can we? Can you imagine? As I said once again, that is our only freedom that we as humans have to choose our attitude, to choose our attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose our own way. You know, uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was resilience. Resilience and courage do often go together. But resilience is something, just as courage is, that we develop throughout life. And often it's facing unavoidable pain, the setbacks that life has given us. We have come to realize that what Nietzsche says that, that which does not kill us makes us stronger is actually true. Self-awareness is certainly the foundation of resilience and emotional intelligence skills. So, we have to actually pay attention to, to what our life has taught us. And attention is actually something that we can train. We can train ourselves to pay attention, to focus on the now, not on what was and what may have been, but to actually live with mindfulness, live moment by moment, actually realizing that it is the now that we need to live in. And then also looking at resilience also requires that we let go. We let go of the stories in our heads that no longer actually serve us. We have to make space for new, healthier thoughts, for new, healthier emotions, beliefs about ourselves, about the world. And we have to allow the space to actually grow in our minds so that the good thoughts can enter. And then, of course, resilience does come with acceptance. It is letting go of our internal struggles. You know, acceptance of self in a positive sense, not in, oh, I am as I am and I'm not going to be able to change anything. Not in this resigned manner of being a victim. Definitely not. We are not victims. We are victims. Of our circumstances And that's what acceptance is about It's accepting of ourself In a positive way And it's you know There are as I said Such unavoidable setbacks And challenges always So resilience is a skill And it helps us deal with them Doesn't ha- Doesn't help us to hide from them No Or to work against them On the contrary It actually helps us to face them Head on and to actually work with them remembering also and i'm sure you've all experienced this i certainly know that i have that negative thoughts can spiral out of control you start with one thought whether it's whether you're young at school and you're being bullied or whether you're older and you don't feel that you're worthwhile anymore or whatever it might be we're inclined to get These negative thoughts in our minds And we think we can't get them out And they take over And once again It becomes this paralysis This fear of moving forward We become paralyzed to that fear Then as I mentioned This word catastrophize Oh I love it It's actually looking at A a, a possible outcome Even I mean a a possible Scenario even before we know what's going to happen. Carol Dwick, uh, in her book, The Mindset, said she calls it the advantage of a resilience attitude are her definitions of the growth versus the fixed mindset. She says that a fixed mindset limits our potential. It encourages us to believe that we just can't change. We we are as we are, and that's tough, like it or leave it, but that's who we are. And it also encourages us to believe that criticism is, therefore, a true reaction of, of our reality, and that we actually can't, it's insurmountable, that, that whatever we're facing. But a person with a growth mindset, on the other hand, is someone Who embraces challenges, enjoys opportunities to learn, and is also very accepting of the fact that life is unpredictable. So, you know, that's, that's her, her, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. So we need to move out of this mixed, fixed mindset into a growth mindset. Why I said mixed mindset, because I think most of us live within this mixed mindset of, of the two. And so let us all work together to get, move into this growth mindset. So resilience actually helps us to, to stop the negative thinking, which can really impact so, so negatively on us. And certain things are certainly beyond our control. But how we respond to them is is what counts. And resilience is a special skill, because it actually defines how we our outlook to life and our response to life. And that that's a very big thing, to tell you the truth. Um, I have seen courage and resilience in in babies. When I remember working at the hospital. And many, many years ago in the pediatric ICU unit where babies came in into um, incubators. And not like the incubators of today. Certainly we didn't have anything like that then. But these little babies taught me so much about holding on to life against all odds. It was it was phenomenal to see. I actually used to long, not long, but I actually used to enjoy going to work to, to actually see what these little babies were doing. Obviously there were lots of sadnesses as well, but the, the ability to hold on to this thread of life was there right from the very beginning. And then, of course, it was certainly not only the babies and incubators that taught me about courage and resilience, but it was also the parents. And how they were able to come And and once again in those days we Parents were not allowed to stay with their children It's very different today But then they were only allowed to come at visiting hours So it was incredibly difficult for them They didn't know what they were going to find When they came for visiting hours But they came And they sat outside a window They were not even allowed inside Near the incubators And they watched their babies And you could feel the love and the connection they were trying to pour, pour into the ba- their, their child, this, the healing thoughts that, that they were trying to send through this glass pane towards their, their baby in the incubator. And i never forget one man. He was an incredibly funny man, actually, and he brought humor into the situation. And even if he was crying, and there were many times when he was crying, He would bring humor in. Humor was a protection for him without doubt. It was his way of of protecting himself and the emotions he was feeling. But what he actually showed us was that it was okay to be a man and to cry. And he gave permission to the other fathers because they would all be lining up behind these windows watching their babies. And the other, the, many of the men were trying to be so stoical and, and strong. And this man would take one look at his baby, and he would just burst into tears and sob and sob. And the interesting thing that happened was the connection that actually took place between the other men and this particular man. The other men sought to comfort him, but in comforting him, they too were able to shed tears. And remembering that in those days, it was certainly very rare that you saw men hugging each other or, you know, showing any physical attention to each other or affection. But these men still managed to, even in a, with a handshake, managed to show each other that they cared. And this was, this was true courage. And again, it was it was the humor because this man would suddenly then say something which would be incredibly funny. And all of us, the staff and and the other parents would actually just pack up laughing. So resilient people actually develop this mental capacity that allows them to adapt during adversity. They Bend like bamboo instead of breaking. There's actually a, a a saying about bending like bamboo instead of breaking. They possess this, it's a very powerful thing, this ability to actually bend with whatever is being asked of us. To not break, but actually to bend and then to stand up again and maybe bend again. Resilient people also protect their souls. And how do we do this? This is our inner energy, our drive to protect our soul. It's actually to realize we are human, with all the frailties that being human means, but caring for ourselves, caring for our soul that we are here for a purpose, and what that purpose is, is unfolding, and we are all at the moment being asked to look at what our purpose could be. Um, You know, I read that resilience also means that uh, resilient people control their destiny But that is an incredibly difficult um, concept to actually understand Because we know that um, that destiny actually just unfolds But they do control their destiny in the way that they actually meet their destiny That's a very big one You know, I am really rather... um, Exhausted by hearing about the elderly and about the over-sixties. Now, being one of them myself, we have to remember that we come with our own strengths. We have faced our shadow selves. We know the other side of ourselves. We have lived with that side long enough to know what our Fears are what our thoughts Can do to us we have lived with that So we now need to ask What is this being, What is this Time asking of us Now and you Know my dad was and my brother Were say were they loved Sailing and I absolutely Hated sailing but the funny thing is That I, I when I was Actually thinking about it today I thought about telling You a story about Um Of steering our own boat And because that's what we are being asked for To be the captain of our own ship To steer the boat back on track To keep it on track Uh, There's a a, In in sailing uh, lingo There's a a word gung ho Which is actually an anglicized version From Chinese And it means um, It means harness um, Harness What's what it, harness the, the energy, that's right. Harness the energy, come together, working towards a common goal. I couldn't for a moment think of what it was, but gung ho, harness the energy, use this and work towards a common goal. And I, and I actually rather like that. So it's keeping the boat afloat. We'll get back to that.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson And you're going to now hear Maya Angelou Also a short YouTube on be a Rainbow in Someone Else's Cloud
3: There's an African American song, 19th Century Which um, is so great It says When it looked like the sun Wasn't gonna shine anymore God put a rainbow in the clouds, imagine. And I've had so many rainbows in my clouds. I had a lot of clouds, but I have had so many rainbows. And one of the things I do when I step up on a stage, when I stand up to translate, when I go to teach my classes, when I go to direct a movie, I bring everyone who has ever been kind to me, with me. Black, white, Asian, Spanish-speaking, Native American, gay, straight, everybody. I said, come with me. I'm going on the stage. Come with me, I need you now. Long dead, you see? So I don't ever feel I have no help. I've had rainbows in my clouds. And the thing to do, it seems to me, is to prepare yourself so that you can be a rainbow in somebody else's cloud. Somebody who may not look like you, may not call God the same name you call God, if they call God at all. (laughs) You see? And may not eat the same dishes prepared the way you do, may not dance your dances or speak your language, but be a blessing to somebody. That's what I think. This is Finding Human with Sue
0: Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, it's Sue Jackson, and I'm back again. My topic today was really about um, courage and anticipatory anxiety and resilience. And what you've just heard uh, Maya Angela talking about, be a rainbow in someone else's cloud, that is... One of the most important lessons we can learn, and especially in this time of, of the, the fear that is um, in our community at the moment around the coronavirus, let's be a rainbow in each other's clouds. Let's actually support one another in whatever way we can. And it doesn't mean that we have to, they're talking about social distancing Okay, if that's what we have to do, we'll do it. But there are many other ways to still be a rainbow. And I I do believe that there are some children probably or youngsters listening in, scholars because the schools are closed. And I really would encourage all of you to think about how in a family you can all work together to be this rainbow in each other's clouds. Sorry about that. Now Julian Rotta oh, oh I was I was actually talking first of all. I want to go back to the boat and to so called elderly. I'm a bit sick of being called elderly actually at the moment. But anyway, you know, what what are we what is this time asking of us now? It's asking us to keep the boat afloat, to head it in the right direction, to remember our strengths and our skills, what we have learnt. And also we need to make sure that we don't go backwards or in circles, that we actually sail forward. And I think that uh, that is very important. You know, Julian Rotter, a professor of psychology at the University of Connecticut, developed a concept which he calls locus of control. And he says some people view themselves as essentially in control of the good and the bad things that they experience. In other words, they have an internal locus of control and this allows them to create options and scenarios that are based on instinct and on on the situation and also on what they have learned. So it allows us to actually create alternative plans in anticipation of what might lie ahead. And I think that is what many people are doing, and that is wise. It definitely is. But uh, this also, um, resilience also means, and certainly as we get older, it means that we accept the battle. As humans, we do fight against adversity. We really do But resilience actually teaches us to stop fighting, embrace it. This is the time. It is happening now. We don't know the reason, but it's there. Um, You know, if you read uh, Randy uh how do you pronounce his surname? uh, Pausch, P-A-U-S-C-H, the last lecture. Um, He talks about... um, his story is one of, of strength of the human spirit. And it's actually quite amazing. He talks of, you know, he, he actually talks about how to live within the fact knowing that he was actually dying. And his, his book is amazing, the last lecture. Now, just going to a minute to Helen Keller, if we think of what she actually uh, lived with and When I say lived, she did. She lived her life to the fullest. She taught us all so many incredible lessons and left us all so much wisdom. She says life is either a daring adventure or nothing. To keep our faces towards change and behave like free spirits in the presence of fate is strength and undefeatable. I actually think that's amazing because um, we, we need to pay close attention and we need to see what the adversity is, what our life is asking of us at the moment. And it certainly did for Helen Keller. I mean, she lost her, she became ill, she lost her sight, her hearing. She was mute while she was a child. And yet today, her name her name is known around the world. She is a symbol of courage, strength, determination, um, as is Anne Frank. So we need to remember those sort of people and and bring them into our lives. And as um, um, as Maya Angelou was talking about, she said, the people who have gone before us, people who have entered our lives, whoever they are, whatever culture, whatever religion, whatever race you know, to actually embrace them and bring them with us as we remember what is being asked of us and as we do move forward into life. You know, um, there's. I wanted to read through this, that resilient people also live in the moment. Now, Viktor Frankl talks about the demand quality of life, and I've mentioned this before, that life demands something of us. And moment by moment, life can change, and life actually is asking something of us And resilient people actually live in the moment And being actually in the moment Living in the now, as I said just a bit earlier Actually allows us time to build up our inner energy It doesn't mean we don't care about the future Or the present, I mean, or the past It means that we've made a, a choice to do something rather than to let our, our thoughts take, our fear wolf take over our thoughts. If you'd like to SMS me, you can on 34519, or you can telegram me on 61 This beautiful uh, poem came through, um, and it said, And the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and learned new ways of being. And they were still, and they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced. Some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently, and the people healed And in the absence of people living in in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully as they themselves had been healed. That was by Kitty Oh, Mirror, That's absolutely beautiful. Craig is telling me that um, we are breaking now. For
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on High FM. And I'm just reading a message coming through from Judy Urich in Australia. Um, and she says, Hi Sue, listening to your very important Topic of courage and resilience I like this quote (coughs) Craig is just moving The mic for me I like this quote by Winston Churchill "Uh, Success is not final And failure is not fatal It is the courage to continue that counts And may I say Sue Showing up in the studio to do your program Today is I don't know it ends there Jude But I'm hoping it, It says I can show more Hang on one sec no, it's not letting me. But thank you so much for that. I'm actually in shortly going to be ending. Um, but so let's let me just end by saying, let's watch each other's backs. Be a support system. Uh, do not be the person who leads the panic. We need to remember the law of attraction, that what we put out there comes back to us. So let us keep the boat afloat. I wish you faith, trust. Calm waters and a tailwind as you steer towards the destination, whatever it might be. God bless and take care and keep sanitizing well.